0: Hear ye now what the Lord saith: Arise, contend thou before the mountains. Let the hills hear thy voice. Hear ye, O mountains, the Lord's, the Lord's controversy. There's a dilemma here. And ye strong foundation of the earth, for the Lord hath a, a controversy with His people, and He will plead with Israel. And Israel was drifting. All right? And uh, because, uh, because they, were, they were drifting, you know, the Lord, as it were, had a bone to pick with them. And so he says in verse three, oh, my people. And so you see there, it's God's people that are drifting. It's God's people. Uh, what have I done unto thee? Here's some questions. And you know, when God is asking questions, what's going on there? He's trying to get us to, to think. OK, God's not really wondering. All right. Uh, he wants us to wonder. <laughs> and uh, he says, you know, my, my people, what, what have I done unto thee? Wherein have I wearied thee? Interesting phrase. Testify against me, if you will, he's saying. And, uh, and, and then, then he goes on to make some statements from there. Let's have a word of prayer. Lord, uh, um, may we not weary of the wonder of who you are. And may we not weary of well-doing because of who you are. And Help us to just be reminded of some of these things this evening, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> they had wearied of God, it says here. They had wearied of Him. And what a strange concept. They do say that uh, there's a there's a cliche of uh, familiarity breeds contempt. We can never let that happen when it comes to the Lord. You know, for thing, things just become normalized. Because God is not normal. God isn't anything but normal. God is wondrous. He is remarkable in every sense of the word. And uh, and the more we become familiar with Him, really, the more we should stand amazed. But you know how it is. Um, Just human nature, short attention span, wandering minds and hearts. Uh, Sometimes the, the wonder of God becomes strangely mundane to us. We lose the wonder of it. And uh, you know, um, I think of uh, I think of, of of different duties that I may have as as a, as a pastor. Uh, but my favorite part of pastoring is talking about the wonders of God. And when I'm in a church, I've ha- I've had various responsibilities in churches. Um, you know, I've I've sometimes my responsibilities in the 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 the, the running of things. Um, have made it so I'm not in the preaching time at times. And uh, whenever I'm not in the preaching time, I'm longing for that. I'm feeling left out because I'm thinking there's some people in there that are getting something of the wonder of God right now, and I'm missing out on it, right? And, uh, and, and, and so um, don't weary, Don't weary of the Lord. But the Lord is diagnosing the situation here amongst His people, and, and He's saying, He's asking them this question why? Wherein have I wearied thee? They had wearied of God, and because of that, they had wandered or drifted from God. They had wandered or drifted from God. And what God is doing here is He's he's trying to to get their mind back in the right place. He's trying to get them to be proactive again. He's trying to get them to, to, to stop that dreadful and dangerous drifting. Because, you know, that's what seems to get us as Christians more often than not. It's not the huge calamity, you know, it's not the momentous occasion that gets us usually. It's the drifting. How many times have you you seen somebody and you think, you know, I haven't seen so-and-so for a while. What else is going on with them? And you start to get a, a little bit of a bad feeling about it, you know, a little apprehension. And you reach out to them and sure enough, they've got a story, right? They've got a story, and what the story really comes down to is they've been drifting spiritually, and uh, just some, you know, just little by little they'll say, they'll even say that, you know, oh, pastor, sorry, you know, it isn't really. I mean, we're we're not mad at anybody. There's nothing like that. There's nothing, nothing, you know, the, the bad. We're not. But it's just, uh, you know, we're busy. Things have been going on, and the more you talk to them, you almost get that sense. You know, they haven't been purposeful. And in in pursuing spiritual things. And so God sees that here with his people and he cares enough to reach out to them. And he cares enough to ask ask them these questions. And then at the end of verse 3 it says, testify against me. So he asks them these questions and he says, okay, I'll give you a challenge. Build a case against me. Now there's plenty of people that want to accuse God, but you know, God's people, we know We know enough about God that when we get our our mind back to the truth of the matter, our testimony about God is that He's tremendous. You know, our testimony about God is we have a lot of blessings to count. What sins are you talking about, God may say to us? Why? Because he's removed them as far as the east is from the west. He's chosen, you know, God doesn't have a, a, a bad memory at all, but he's chosen to forget those things, right? And, and so I could just picture with a smile on his face, he's saying, you know, why are you dwelling on your sinful past? I've taken care of that, my child. <laughs> what sins do we have to talk about? I've forgiven you. And uh, I put you in a great place and, I, and I've made you more than a conqueror and I've, I've prepared a wonderful future for you. And in the meantime, you can have a remarkable life of serving me, full of fulfillment and, and purpose and, 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 and blessing. Count those things. Uh, and, and, uh, and so and I think when he says, you know, testify against me, what he's doing is he's, he's saying, OK, you know, Get back to the truth of who I am, and and do you really have anything to to be weary of? Uh, um, Can you really build a a case against me that accounts for this drifting that you're going through? And uh, testify against me. What is the case against me? And in verses 4 to 5, they had weary to God, they had wandered from God, they needed to recall the works of God. And if you go to verse, uh, um, it says, verse number 4, I brought thee up out of the land of Egypt. You want to testify, testify truly about what, what I've done. I've redeemed thee out of the house of servants. I've brought you out of slavery. I've sent before thee, Moses, Aaron, and Miriam, I've given you great leaders. All my people, remember now, uh, Balak, a king of Moab, consulted, and that Balaam, the sons of, of Beor, uh, answered him from Shittim to Gilgal. People have conspired against you that ye may know the righteousness of God. And God always proved himself faithful, and he has shown his righteousness amidst the, the, the nations. And so um, they needed to recall the works of God. God gave rescue, leadership, and blessing. He gave manna. He gave mercy. God saved them from destruction on multiple occasions. And a Christian, when you find yourself drifting and wandering one of the keys to you getting back in the right place is to remember the works of God. Remember the works of God. So many times we're, we're focused on the actions or works of people. What a terrible thing to, to, to dwell upon. <laughs> what a futile exercise that is. Don't you think the devil has a, a uh, plenty long enough list of infractions of people that he'd like to set before you instead of you dwelling upon the, uh, the wonders of God. Because we've all, if you've lived and breathed in this life, you've been exposed to, to, to plenty of man's folly. Okay, we all have been. We all have been, Christian and when Christians get their eyes and keep their eyes on those things instead of the works of God, it'll, it'll, it'll make them drift. It'll make them wander. It'll, 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 it'll have them live in, dis, in defeat and despondency. And God says, look, you know, amongst all of these things that are going on in earth uh, that, that, that seek for your attention and, and buy um, for your, your, uh, your attention, get back to, to what I've done for you. He has saved your soul. He has, he has given you the Word of God. Um, he's given you um, leaders that care about you. And uh, you say, well, there's been some that I don't think have. Well, focus on the ones that do then. And, and uh, you know, that he, he has rescued you from, uh, from, from certain peril. And you say, well, there's been times in my life where I didn't feel like He came to my rescue. Well, He gave you the biggest rescue of all. He saved you from sin and hell. And you're going to be with Him forever one day, free from all the brokenness and all of the, uh, the, uh, all of the, the, uh, the fallen nature of, uh, of this groaning world. And so we need to recall uh, the works of God, and we need to get back to worshiping God. You know what the opposite of worshiping God is? People say, yeah, worshiping the devil. Usually it's more nuanced than that. Worship, the opposite of worshiping God is usually worshiping ourselves. I guess that's what the devil loves for us to do. In fact, that's what he offered first to human beings, right? You could be as gods. Worship yourself instead. And, uh, and, and so it says uh, there in verse number six, "Wherewith shall I come before the Lord and bow myself before the high God? And so they needed to get back to worshiping God. Um, true worship, not token worship. True worship, not token worship, because he talks about token worship here. Shall I come before him with burnt offerings? Is that what God really wants? Does he need our burnt offerings? No, the burnt offerings were just to be representative of a heart, a contrite heart before the Lord, right? They, they weren't what it was all about. God doesn't need our offerings. It's just, it's, it's, it's that which represents, it's what comes out of our heart. That's why the Bible says God loves God doesn't love a giver. He loves a cheerful giver. Why? Because the cheerfulness is what reflects the heart. right? And, uh, and so uh, it says, And shall I come before him with burnt offerings, with calves a year old? Will the Lord be pleased with a thousand, thousands of rams up in the ante here? Is that what he's asking? You know? Does he just want my things? No, he wants our heart, and then everything else comes with that. Um, 10,000 rivers of oil he's getting you know hyperbole here shall I give my firstborn for my transgression he's okay you know I mean what does God what does God want is he is he asking for for maybe he wants your firstborn the fruit of the body for sin of my soul and uh, and so he's saying look all these things without your heart they're just tokens they're just token worship God wants you God wants you and uh, he, want, he wants your heart to be turned towards him in true worship. And then uh, the, the last thing is that they needed to recall the will of God. They needed to recall the will of God because when God has our hearts and we're surrendered to His will, and He, and he t- says in verse eight, He says, "He has shown thee, O man, what is good." You know, God has God has told you what should be coming out of your heart. He has showed thee, O man, what is good. You want to know how to, to, uh, to keep from drifting or to get so you're not drifting anymore? Remember the works of God, worship God from your heart, and then delight in doing His will. Delight in doing His will. You get back to delighting in doing His will, it'll, it'll get you back into the right place. It'll keep you from, from, uh, from that perilous drifting. And it says, The Lord's voice, Oh, sorry, uh, He has showed thee, O man, what is good. What doth the Lord require of thee but to do justly? You know, just look at the situation and say, you know, what would the Lord have me to do? Because whatever it is the Lord would have me to do, that would be my privilege to do that. I'm going to delight myself in the Lord. I'm going to delight myself in His ways. His ways, His commandments are not grievous unto me. It's, it's, It's an honor uh, to be able to to practice His ways because they're best. What does the Lord require thee to do justly, and to love mercy? You know why we should love mercy, because without mercy we'd be doomed. We should really love mercy, and we should, because He has extended merciful uh, mercy to us. We should be merciful. Blessed are. The merciful, the Bible says. Right? Blessed are the merciful. Um, And uh, if we reserved mercy for those that deserved it, then we would have to realize that we wouldn't have gotten that from God if that was his attitude. Right? And, you know, there was times where my sons would do wrong. And it would grieve me and bother me. But it was an opportunity to show them the mercy of God. The mercy of God chastens us when we need it because he loves us. But the mercy of God also always says in the midst of that, I love you. You know, I'm here for you. You'll never cease to, you know, to be mine. Um, You know, son, that was wrong. Wish he hadn't done that. We gotta deal with it, but you'll always be my son. Love you. I'm here for you. I'm gonna extend mercy to you. Um, I want you to see that I'm soft-hearted, you know, towards you. And that's the way that, that 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 Jesus is towards the world. And that's the way that our hearts need to be, you know, towards lost people that just make messes of their their lives. We don't say it's right. We don't say you know that that that. Um, hey it's all good but we just say let's stay tender-hearted towards the lost and dying world because Jesus extended mercy to me what is God's will that we do justly and that we love mercy and then look at this and to walk humbly with thy God hasn't God showed you that there's a question mark there you know he showed just walk humbly with thy God walk humbly with thy God and Pride makes us drift. Why? Because we think we got it all together, and we're not looking for help anymore. And you know, we just don't have a teachable spirit, and we're we're prideful. And whenever we're prideful as human beings, that puts us in a dangerous place. It's all through the Bible. Pride comes before destruction, right? Um, in a fall. And, and so if you think of it, I mean, usually that's, that's you know, that's just that's something that's a, a bit of a process. It's not like the moment I become prideful, you know, that, you know, instant destruction. There's usually a drift, there's a, there's a direction that's taken in that pride, you know, that leads to those places where um, we never would have foreseen going. And, uh, and so um, what does, he has showed thee, O oh man, what is good. What doth the Lord require of thee but to do justly, to love mercy, to walk humbly with thy God. To walk humbly with thy God. And uh, so that's a good challenge for for all of us, for, for sure. Lord.